0: Well, good morning, everybody. What's the longest you've gone without a bath or a shower? (laughs) I'll come back to that. Um, (laughs) We are in a series called Back to the Basics, uh, the Rhythms of Everyday Discipleship. And it follows along with the Rooted Discipleship series. And so I'm curious, how many of you are in or have been in a Rooted Discipleship group yeah, that's cool. There are about 150 people right now doing Rooted. And um, so we've put together a sermon series to go along with it and kind of hit some of those um, key points. And Rooted is structured to be a, a discipleship program that hits on the key elements of following Christ. Uh, and, and Rooted talks in terms of seven rhythms of the christian life let me just give you those Uh, it'll give you a clue as to what the sermon series will continue to be and what you're in for if you um, sign up for rooted uh, later on in the year if you haven't done it already so the seven rooted rhythms are daily devotions prayer repentance sacrificial generosity sharing your story specifically the story of how god's worked in your life and then serve the community Serving others, and so this morning we're going to talk about serving others, and I I would say that one of the most memorable impactful service experiences that I've had was in 2008 when uh, My son Rob who was in high school at the time said dad first freeze going to Mexico on a spring break trip, and I would really like to go will you go with me and so I said, "You know I'm a great dad. I'll go to Mexico. what What are we in for? I mean, is it like the Hilton or um, it was not. We slept in a dirt field. I went without a shower or bath for seven days, sleeping in a dirt field and I've read that after you go for a while without bathing, that the human body actually um, produces oils that that reduce the odor. And I can attest that by the end of that week, I could not smell anything. (laughs) But judging from the the server at the restaurant we stopped at on the way back, maybe it wasn't completely transformed yet. Um, But I was hooked. We, uh, we put a roof on a church. We did some Bible study stuff with kids. We um, worshiped together with students from around the country and both around the US and from Mexico. It was amazing. And, and that started 14 years so far of me having an opportunity to work in a high school group here at First Free. So we're talking about service. We're going to um, we're going to talk about three kind of key principles i mean the series is called back to the basics so the principles are not going to be profound but they're going to be essential and so as we as we prepare to look at what god's word has to say about serving let's let's dedicate our time to to god god thank you for this morning and thank you for my friends here um I just pray that as we open your word and we look at principles for serving others um, that we would we would hear your voice that we would we would hear your call and the invitation to join you in the work that you're doing in the world and i pray that that this morning would not be um, it would not be shaming it would not be uh, catalyzing regret i pray that it would just be encouragement And that it would just be a space for your voice to speak exactly the way that each of us needs to hear it in your name amen so the first principle sounds something like this serving is good for you in fact God designed us to serve Um, over the past 30 years scientists have discovered some interesting things about serving others Uh, now many of you know that I'm a chemist I studied chemistry I worked in the sciences for a lot of years and so I particularly love it when scientific discoveries um, identify truths that have been revealed in Scripture thousands of years ago I mean it's just one of my favorite things in fact um, up to uh, just the last day or so the start of this whole message was going to be about the Big Bang and um, and then I realized that it didn't really fit, and I was super disappointed. So you'll have to get that another time. But I will give you some science that's related to what we're talking about this morning. And it has to do with experimental psychology and what the publications and the reviews are finding about the impact of volunteering, serving others, focusing on the needs of others, has on the people who are doing the service. Remember, our first principle is, serving others is good for you. Here's what the scientists have found. Um, they split the results into teenagers and some group they call the elderly. <laughs> Let's talk about the teenagers first. Um, for teenagers, studies have found that, that these, this set of activities reduces depression, It reduces alcohol and drug use. It reduces delinquency. It reduces unintended pregnancies, earning poor grades, and school dropout. And it does result in increased social responsibility. And then as they follow these students who have been involved in serving into adulthood, it produces um, a deeper engagement in their communities as adults. For the elderly which I acknowledge is a group that I'm closer to than teenager. (laughs) But get this, um, older people who are involved in serving others experience an increased positive mood, a greater psychological well-being, an increased physical activity, improved self-reported health, and lower morbidity. No, it's a tough word, lower morbidity and even decreased mortality. It means you live better and you live longer. One study, in fact, compared the impact of volunteering on morbidity and mortality to the impacts of exercise and nutrition in our later years. And they found that um, volunteering has about the same health benefit as eating kale. I mean, really, I could just close in prayer now, right? (laughs) You don't have to eat the broccoli, guys. In short, these scientists have discovered what Scripture revealed thousands of years ago, that God created us to serve. That's an idea that over the last 14 years as I've been working in the high school group, we've tried to drive home almost every week. Um, In fact, um, I'm gonna ask for some help. Now, I didn't do this to first service because one, they're not awake, two, most of the high school students and high school workers are someplace else on first hour, but if you've been in Summit, which is what we call our, some, our Senior High Ministry, um, over the last, let's say, 10 years, so you're in it now, you've worked in it, um, join and stand up. I'm gonna put you to work. Yep, go ahead, Andrew, stand up. No, you, it's, it's you, it's okay. Good. Um, these are my people, right? This, this group, I mean, these are my people. So every week when we get together, stay standing, every week when we get together, we drive this point home. We have some games, and then we have some announcements, and then before we move into worship and a message from God's word, we state the student proclamation. And, and so I just want you, I for first service, I just read it, Boring. I wanted you to be able to hear a little bit of what it sounds like. So people, this is not like, you know, read it Sunday morning level. I mean, let's try and get the Sunday night level, okay? So here is the student proclamation, and it goes something like this, God, we are your workmanship. We are created to be in you, Christ Jesus. We are called to love and value others. You created us to do good works, which you prepared in advance for us to do. So, I'm going too slow. I want to hear from you tonight, God. I open my heart to hear what you are saying. I am enthusiastic to be here. I go too slow on Sunday nights, too. I may be in that elderly group. Get get that. You created me. I am your workmanship. We are created to be in you, Christ Jesus. We're called to love and value others and to do the good works that you prepared in advance for us to do. Now, some of you say, hey, wait a minute, that sounds familiar because it comes straight out of Scripture. Let's look at a couple of places where we find that. Um, The first is Ephesians 2.8 where God... where it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Now, let me just stop here and say this is a really important point when you're talking about serving others or doing good works that salvation is not a result of us doing these good things. In fact, salvation is only a result of the work that Christ did on the cross and us accepting him as our savior. But the purpose, one of the purposes that God has for your life and for my life is to accomplish the work that he's prepared in advance for us to do. Um, In verse 10 it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do things he planned for us long ago. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. You and I were designed to serve others. In Galatians 5.13 it says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. Now, this week following Adam's lead, um, I had a roundtable discussion with several, several of our ministry support team. Um, they're a great group, and we meet every week. And, and so I said, you know what? Adam meets with a group of people to talk about the sermon before he preaches it. So here's what I'm preaching on, and here are my key points, and what do you guys think? And one of the, one of the team members said, okay, honestly, sometimes I commit to do some service, and then almost immediately after committing, I start to regret having committed. Um, and I start thinking, man, why did I say I would do that? I wish I hadn't said I would do that. then she said after serving there's a joy and a gratitude for having served and as as we talked around the rest of the group it was kind of like yeah I kind of know that and and some of you know that feeling right well I guess I should help with that and and then immediately the ah, why did I give up my Saturday why did I some of you why did I give up my Friday night and Saturday to run around the church with junior hires Thank you for doing that Um, if you've ever been on a mission trip where you were serving others then probably at least three things are true of your experience one it was hard not easy Um, I talked to Lauren who's been on a number of short-term and long-term and really long-term service opportunities and I said what what would you think? what what are the key areas here? And one of the first things she said was, make sure people know that it's it's good to do hard things. But don't limit yourself to the stuff that you're pretty confident you can accomplish uh, because God wants to do more. God wants to do hard things. That is really good. Um, so principle number one in our Back to the Basics of Serving is, serving is good for you. In fact, you were created anew. you were designed to serve others. Principle number two, serving is good for the church. In fact, the church was formed in part to serve. Um, 20 some years ago, I heard Max Lucado tell a story, uh, and. As I was preparing this message it came back to me and I went and found it Um, it's in a book called in the eye of the storm and he tells the story about when he was a kid their family had a a regular habit of going for a week of fishing they loved it but this year there were other commitments and so it was just gonna be max and his dad and he he said okay can I can I invite a friend and so he invited his best friend to come along and so the three of them piled into the camper and they went off to the lake and they parked next to the lake and they were looking forward to a great week when they woke up in the morning um, the fog had settled in so full and it had started to rain and they just knew that this was not gonna be a good day for for fishing it's okay we've got a week we brought Monopoly We brought some old readers' digests. We can just hang out in the camper and play some games and and read some stories, and it'll be okay. We'll have fun. And and it was okay. Um, They they hung out in the camper. They had their meals. They played Monopoly. Um, And then they went to bed. The next morning, they woke up, and instead of fog, it was sleep. It must have been something like the St. Louis weathers that, weather that, that Steve talked about. But it was sleeting outside, and they said, OK, I guess we've got another second day in the camper. I, we can play another game of Monopoly, maybe read some of the jokes in Reader's Digest again. It'll be OK. It'll be OK. But it, it started to wear on them. Um, for one thing, it seemed like the other two guys were cheating at Monopoly. It seemed like the jokes weren't as funny and the stories weren't as interesting. Max said he started thinking, why did I invite this guy? Why is he even my friend? I wonder if my dad's always been this cranky. <laughs> and as the day went along, the bickering and the complaining just grew up to a louder and louder volume. And when they woke up to a third day of rain, dad said, that's it, we're going home. And Max said, neither me or my friend was disappointed that our week-long trip was cut short and we could get out of there, because we were done with each other. So when he was an adult, and some of you know that Max has written dozens and dozens of books, um, he reflected on that trip, and he made this observation. When fishermen don't fish, they fight. Here's what he says in the book. When those who are called to fish don't fish, they fight. When energy intended to be used outside is used inside, the result is explosive. Instead of casting nets, we cast stones. Instead of of extending helping hands, we point accusing fingers. Instead of being fishers of the lost, we become critics of the saved. Rather than helping the hurting, we hurt the helpers. When fishermen don't fish, they fight. If God's called us to share his message and to help others, then when we're not doing that, then it produces negative effects. We see these same negative effects among none other than the disciples. I love this passage because it's just so human. In Mark 9, Um, it says after they arrived at Capernaum and settled into the house Jesus asked his disciples what were you discussing on the road but they didn't answer because they'd been arguing about which of them was the greatest so Jesus sat down he called the 12 disciples over to him and he said whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else So the disciples had gotten their focus off of what Christ was calling them to do, and it resulted in disagreement and argument. And in fact, apparently, this is a disagreement that it it wasn't just one and done, they had it going on for a while. Because in in Matthew, Matthew records a place where the disagreement about who's gonna be first and the desire to be better than the other disciples got to a point that James and John called their mommy in. I mean, think about this. James and John's mother goes to Jesus and says, "I have a favor. Would you let my boys sit at your left and right hand? And it's pretty clear from the passage that the other 10 disciples were not very pleased with that behavior. Uh, In Matthew 20, verse 24, it says, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even Jesus came, not to be served, but to serve others. So when fishermen don't fish, they fight. I think the opposite is true as well. Um, If if I was gonna extend Max Lucato, I would say when fishermen do fish, they flourish. And we see that every time groups come together to serve. When their focus is on serving Christ, then it becomes fertile soil for deep, meaningful relationships. Uh, let me show you a picture. This has been on my mind um, this week because my daughter, Catherine, um, is in the Democratic Republic of Congo today. And um, she's been there a week. She'll be there another week. Um, and and I asked her permission to show this picture. And she said, Dad, you can show the picture, but." Make sure that people know that that's not me serving that group of people. Those are nursing students who are being trained at the hospital. And that's me enjoying serving alongside of them. And they don't speak the same language. And they come from dramatically different backgrounds. And we could spend a long time talking about the differences between how Catherine's grown up and how they've grown up and what their worlds are like. But in talking to her, you could just see that serving alongside of these men and women, these students, in a remote place where I, she told me the closest paved road is two hours drive away, serving alongside them is fertile soil for relationship. And And I think that's true here. I know it was true in Mexico. Um, That picture I showed you, you may have recognized some of the people from that Mexico trip. Um, Some of those are still my closest friends, my partners in ministry, it's awesome. And when we're doing what we're created and designed to do, we find joy. Let me go a little bit further, I think one of the best things that we could do for the church in America, and one of the best things that we could do for First Free Church here in St. Louis County is to turn the volume up a little bit on our serving together to meet the needs of others. I think that our relationships and our enjoyment of each other just goes up when we serve together. So principle number two is that serving is good for the church. It really is. All right, principle number three. Serving is good for those who are suffering. Now, we can take this principle one of two ways. We could read it as serving is good for those who are suffering to do, and we could read it as serving is good for those Who are suffering because they're the benefit beneficiaries of the serving and I think both are true Um, last week Adam's message was on suffering where is God when we're suffering and and he focused it specifically on as Christ followers how do we go through suffering and how do we look to be drawn closer to God even in the midst of difficult times Um, he shared a very personal story when he and Jenny lost twins and talked about how the the turning point for him in going through that suffering was moving his question from God why did this happen to God what do you want to do in my life in the midst of this suffering and as I listened to him it it reminded me of a passage where Paul describes at least one of the things that God wants to accomplish in us through suffering. And, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us God comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others in their suffering it makes me think of uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000 let me remind you so they're out in the outskirts away from any provisions The day is getting late the disciples say we got a problem coming these people are going to be suffering hunger pretty soon Jesus I think it's time to send them home and Jesus says in Matthew 14 that isn't necessary you feed them now I love that Jesus expects the disciples to be directly involved in meeting the need of the suffering people around them and You know that he took some loaves and some fish and he produced a miracle amount of food that fed everybody Um, Jesus was the source of the miracle but he expected the disciples to be the conduit through which it came Jesus didn't pass out the food the disciples passed out the food Jesus didn't collect the remainder the disciples collected the remainder And I think that works the same way for us. I think God wants to do some amazing things in our community and in our world, but he expects us to be hands-on involved. He expects us to play the role that he's prepared in advance for us to do. Toward the end of Matthew, Jesus pairs the idea of serving and the idea of suffering in a really tight way and and is clear about the expectation that if we are following Christ, if we want to serve Jesus, then we need to be involved in meeting the needs of those around us. It's Matthew 25. I'll read verse 35 and 36. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing i was sick and you cared for me i was in prison and you visited me if you're familiar with the passage the people he's praising for these works say jesus when did we see you naked and hungry and thirsty and in prison and sick and and he says whenever you've done this for the least of these you've done it to me he says quite literally Meeting the needs of those around us who are suffering is serving Christ. As he finishes the passage, he makes it clear that the expectation on each of us as Christ followers is that we are caring for those who are suffering around us. Serving others is good for us serving others is good for the church and serving others is good for those around us okay so let's transition i want to spend the last few minutes talking about what we do here at first free to engage and facilitate opportunities for service Um, in in ephesians 4 paul says These are the gifts God gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And this next verse has really been heavy on my mind in the three and a half years that I've been on staff here at the church, because it says their responsibility, pastors and teachers and those other guys, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build the church up, the body of Christ. What we want to do here at First Free is to enable, facilitate, equip this body to do the work that God's prepared for us. So we're going to look at some some different ways that you can do that. And we'll see if this works. Um, We've got, okay. Um, That's interesting. So where it says rooted on my screen, it's green. But the chroma key is on, and so you can, I don't know, see, see me through there. Um, I guess this is a good time to say that we've got opportunities to serve in the tech ministry. No, but before they turn my microphone off, don't you appreciate our tech ministry? Yeah. so let's go to Rooted. I think, oh, they fixed it, good. Um, you guys are awesome, thank you, Martin. Um, <laughs> the first way to get involved, and and I know you, you keep hearing about Rooted. We saw a bunch of people in Rooted. Next Saturday um, is the serve experience for the current group of Rooted people. we got about 150 people going through Rooted, and next Saturday they've set it aside to go and, and do service Um, Because rooted is, is kind of like what I experienced going through college with all of my lab courses. It is not just sit and study and discuss. It is sit and study and discuss and then go try it. And so when they study prayer, then they spend an hour in prayer. And when they study service, they say, okay, now let's all go and, and serve. And The difference between my chemistry labs and Rooted is that nobody benefited from the chemistry I did in my classes, except maybe me because I got to practice, I got to try. But with Rooted, so much benefit in the prayer and in the service. And we hope that it it plants seeds for further work um, you have, if you haven't gotten into Rooted, at least two more chances this year uh, to join a Rooted group and go through it. It's just 10 weeks, but it's it's profound. And what we thought was the right direction is now being confirmed with the experiences of the groups that are going through it now. And we're just really excited about what that can be. So that's Rooted. And you can find that um, at efree.org slash events slash rooted or by googling Um, the second the second thing is a series that we did a couple of years ago called how to neighbor and if you go to the messages section on our website you can actually go and watch these six messages and if if you are um, in a small group That wants to figure out a way to serve or if you as a family want to say you know how can we reach out to the people that God's put us in the midst of I would just really recommend the how to neighbor series because it's full of both biblical um, biblical learning in terms of why serving is important and really practical examples for um, how people in our congregation have been very creative in serving their neighbors How about number three? Um, We have a page on the website called Make a Difference. That's at efree.org slash make a difference. No spaces. Um, And and this page is really cool because it talks about your personal mission field and serving at First Free. Um, Let's focus on the personal mission field, which the page divides into helping close to home and saving the world. it's, it's opportunities for regional outreach and opportunities for global outreach, and it then goes through and says, hey, here's some of the things that you can do. And it lists them, and then it goes down and it says, and here are some of our ministry partners in St. Louis. And it lists them, and if you are interested, at the bottom it says, want to know more, and you can reach out to globaloutreach.efree.org. And and this is a place where you or you and your family or you and your small group can go to figure out, boy, how could we get more involved in serving? Um, Barrett did a great job of the announcements today. And here is, here's that website that he talked about, serve at first free. Sorry, is that a little bit? Thanks. Um, I love this. It's brand new. It was launched last week. So all of the ministries have been working on this. Um, Carrie Turwelp and our communications department have uh, put the website together and put the pretty pictures in there. Um, And you can click on any of these, like student ministries, and then just shoot on down to, hey, here's the opportunities to serve in student ministries. Let me warn you that this one click could end up being a 14-year commitment. (laughs) And a blast. Two more. Careers at First Tree. So we have actually about twelve different part-time and a couple of full-time positions on our career page. We start with our our um, values. What makes us different? Because anybody that joins the staff here, that's going to be a part of. You know behind the scenes making this happen we want to make sure that they're aligned with who we are and what we feel God's called us to do in this place and then below that we have open positions we have positions for nursery coordinators and preschool coordinators and a technical ministry assistant Um, the tech ministry assistant is full-time and um, our current technical ministries director Martin Bechtel Would love for some of you to come alongside and help with that Um, and and we've just we've got uh summer ministry interns and and uh just all kinds of positions you can follow me in joining the staff here um it's it's been a great experience to to work with this wonderful team of people and we'd love to have you in fact Next week, we get to welcome Alice Farmer as the church's newest receptionist, and we are very excited about that. This is great, And, and it's the kind of thing where Alice... Alice and Mike have been a part of the church for a long time, and this position opened up at just the right time for her, and it's gonna be awesome. And so maybe God's doing that in your life. I know we're in the midst of something called the Great Resignation, where lots of people through COVID and the pandemic have decided, uh, take this job at, no, that, not that, um, <laughs> that I don't really want to work here anymore. Um, the sad part is I could sing it for you. Um, so if if that's you, check out, check out our um, careers page. This last one's gonna take some explanation. And I know we're getting close to lunch, I apologize for the for the uh, chicken and waffles there or whatever that is um, that's the Bob Evans webpage um, for more than 20 years the way that God had me serving was in leadership roles in a public company and it's hard it's hard to know what does this look like to lead in a public company and to let my desire to serve Christ and to serve others out in into that space and so um, this is just an idea that that I've been working on for a while it's not very complete but one of the things that I think would be beneficial is if some of you who are in that position where you're working in a secular environment and you're leading and You say, you know what, it'd be really great to just have a group of believers who are in similar situations to talk things through, to share ideas, to pray with each other. Um, I wanna try that. And so if that sounds like you, and you'd be interested in meeting at Bob Evans some morning during the week and having uh, breakfast and just meeting with another group, um, this is kind of just an invitation. My email, ready? It's very difficult is Kevin at efree.org. That's it. And if, if that's of interest to you, I don't know. Maybe there'll be two. Um, maybe there'll be 20. Um, I'm willing to have breakfast a couple times a week if that helps. Um, shoot me an email and say, hey, I know we're going to start this maybe in, in April, but just put me on the list. And then we'll figure out the details and we'll see if it goes for three weeks or if it goes for three years I don't know Uh, but I do know that that's another area of service that is not nearly as structured as take a job at the church or sign up to work in the nursery but it can be a very important area that Christ has placed some of us in so that's back to the basics on service you know, there are a lot of ways that we can respond to the way that, that Christ has worked in our lives. Um, we started the service by worshiping, and that's a great way to respond. Um, serving others and, and sharing the gospel are great ways to respond. And now we're going to move into celebrating communion, which is the time that we remember Christ's death and resurrection. It's, a, it's a, an act of remembering what Christ has done for us. And so as we prepare for that, let me pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your clear call to serve others. Thank you for creating us and designing us so that that's just the best thing for us to do. And I pray that as we go out, as we remember what you've done for us, that we could hear your voice and see your leading and have the courage to follow. In your name,
1: amen. Amen. Well, hey, this morning we get to take the Lord's Supper together, as Kevin said. Kevin, thank you for that awesome message challenging us to serve the lord a few practical notes and then we'll set up a time of reflection our communion servers will uh, pass the trays you can pass them to each other take a stack of two cups one has the bread and one has the wine if you need gluten or the juice rather sorry if you need gluten free wafers we have those in the center if you're sitting in the mass section our servers will walk in front of you and bring the trays to you If you've got a health or a safety concern and you'd prefer not to pass the trays and take communion that way, we do have a table set up at the back where you could take communion after the service. As we think about this topic of serving God, let's remember that Jesus Christ himself, our Lord, the King of the universe, served us. In Mark 10, it says Jesus Christ came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He's our Lord and he is our servant. And how incredible is it that he died for us so that we could come to this table and and have fellowship with him. Let's take a few moments and just reflect on that. Jesus gave everything for us. Are we giving everything in service to him? Maybe God has something he would wanna say to you, challenge you on as you take a few minutes to reflect and to confess to God. And remember that with our Lord, there's always an offer of forgiveness, and an invitation to follow him. So let's pray together and we'll spend a few minutes preparing our hearts for communion. Lord, we praise you that you are king of heaven and yet you are the God who comes to earth to serve us by dying on the cross so that we could be reconciled to you, God. Thank you for your sacrifice. We remember that now as we take communion. Would this time shape our hearts, Lord? Speak to us if there's any step of obedience that we need to take, that we have failed to take. Help us to be honest with you. Help us to confess. And God, I pray even now that you would just begin a work in our church of molding our hearts towards obedience, towards humility, towards serving you with all that we are. Amen. Let's prepare our hearts for communion now as our servers come to serve. What a gift it is just to have some time and some space to be with God and to reflect, and what a gift it is that the King of heaven would serve us and invite us to to his table. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. Friends, let's stand together. Let's close our service in worship in light of how Jesus gave himself for us. Let's give everything to him in worship. Let's be available, willing, and ready to serve him with all that we are.